Welcome to Wednesdays with Winnie, the podcast that covers, well, quite a lot, from fallacies and grad parties to Aquinas, Aristotle, friendships, and even Subway cookies. My hope for you is that you can sit back, relax, learn a little, laugh a little, or a lot, and come away with a lot more knowledge. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Wednesdays with Winnie. I cannot believe that this is the ninth episode we're recording. I didn't, if I'm being honest, like I knew we were going to get this far, but time has just, I feel like flown by since I started the podcast. And it's crazy that we are already at episode nine. I don't know why that's so crazy to me, but here we are, ninth episode. And this week we're going to be talking about business basics and college prep or <laughs> my my lack thereof for myself but I just thought I would update you guys on where I'm at and like preparing for college and then also do the business basics because I know that that is of all the episodes that people have like asked me for and I'm not saying like hundreds of people are asking me for this every day but like a couple people have asked me to do an episode on business basics and for the vote when you guys got a vote between Aristotle and business. A lot of people did vote for business. It was a pretty close competition. So I thought I would finally, finally do this. And I'm actually very, very excited to do this episode because educating people about business is something, and especially teenagers and like younger kids is something I've been passionate about for a very long time. And I really do want to make sure everyone as much people as possible can have this information because in my life I've found it to be something incredibly helpful and that has shaped me a lot as the person that I am today and what I do. So for a little background on why I am talking about this, I started my own business when I was 14, a pet sitting business. So I pet sit, I dog walk, I do services kind of like that. And the process of own in through the process of owning the business so i've had it for four years i would say that i have learned what does work and what doesn't work and i haven't learned everything and i'm by no means like a guru i guess you would call it but i do have experience and another thing about what i'm going to be talking about today like these are not necessarily like things that are completely original and that i just came up with These are things that have kind of been in the business community and background for a lot of years and a lot of people have developed them, not so that they're like specifically one person's ideas, but just overall general sort of topics, I guess, and ways. But I have kind of changed the definitions and made them plot and kind of the way I explain them will be how... I have learned them and applied them to my business. And a lot of the learning that I did was with through the help of my business coach, Dwayne Farnsworth, who's an amazing, amazing man. But we are both working on writing a book about how teens can make money or teenagers and kids. And so a lot of the stuff I'm talking about today will be talked a lot more in depth 
in the book. But this is definitely a more meteor episode than some other ones and it has a lot of practical stuff. Like I really hate when people just give you cliche answers and so I don't want this episode to be that. I want this to be um, really learning about business for you guys. So without further ado, I'll just jump into starting a business (laughs) and I thought I would walk you guys through how to start a business and then also how to create good marketing copy which is like print digital advertising stuff you use in advertising so for starting a business look where your interests strengths and a need in your community aligned and what i mean by this is it's great if you love to play soccer but you may not be able to necessarily start a business out of that or it's great if you like to knit but not many people like if you like to knit dog sweaters say for example that might not be a strong need that people in your community have for or desire so you need to balance what you're good at what your interests are and a need in your community and a need is probably the most important thing because a business will not work if no one wants to buy and so having a need is important and I feel like a lot of times people sometimes forget about that like they might think oh, I really, really love to bake, but there's like 20 bakeries where they live. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to start and get a foothold in that industry, but you really need to think about it pragmatically and practically and see. Like, for example, in my own experience, I my parents are veterinarians, so I've been around animals a lot. I really like being with animals and I'm also pretty good with animals like animals generally like me and I noticed that in my community there are not many people that do pet sitting or dog walking and are taking on like new clients and so that that was an a niche that I could fit into and that I could work and put and start marketing a business for and that people are actually interested in So that kind of brings me to my point number two. As someone who is younger and starting a business, I started my business when I was 14. I didn't have thousands of dollars to invest into marketing and resources. And so I had to pick a business that was feasible and had low startup costs. Like I I probably couldn't have like handled the cost of starting like a massive clothing company where I had to like produce pay pay for production costs pay for material cost all of that stuff so I started a service business which we'll get to that later but the startup cost was very low for me I didn't have to spend a whole bunch of money to get supplies I mean I literally just go to people's houses or walk their dogs there's not much cost involved in that so a thing to keep in mind is really think about what how much money you have to invest into your business and then whether the return will be immediate on that or whether it might take excuse me or whether it might take longer and then use those two um, pieces of information to inform kind of what your business will be and then that I already kind of touched on that but focus on creating a solution to a problem So, like I said before, if there's not really a need for something, it may not be the best idea to start a business. And that is something that you kind of have to come to terms with just a little bit. But make sure that you're really focusing on what 
people want, not necessarily just your dreams and goals. And I know that that sounds kind of not negative, but maybe not like the visionary, (laughs) whatever your passion is, turn it into business like mindset. I feel like that's where a lot of people go wrong and kind of get screwed. So you got to make sure they're going together. I hope I'm explaining that well. But another thing about that is like pain sells. Like people might want to buy a t-shirt and that is like a good motivator, like clothes and stuff. But a t-shirt is not going to sell as well as... Hmm, let me think. A pill to cure a disease or something. Like, if someone has a pain point, like for example, in my business, a lot of pain point, a lot of a pain point my clients have is that they need their dogs walked, and because they are elderly, they have a hard time walking them. And so that is a pain point for them. Their dogs need exercise, they can't do it. And it's not necessarily a want, like a t-shirt or clothing, but it's more of a need. So focus on what a need in your community is as opposed to want. And that will always sell better than a want. A want wants sell well. I'm just saying if you are really trying to make a return quickly and get people and clients faster than like working up and building to it over the long run and you still have to do that I would say go for a need like people need their kids watched that's why babysitters are always usually in demand um people need their dogs walked people need food think about needs and that brings me to my next point which is decide whether your business will be based off of selling one of these four things so a product which is like a physical product for example a dog sweater a dog sweater is a product to a service dog walking that's what i what i do but a service is like babysitting something you supply for someone that's not a product and three an experience and an experience probably will not be something that many of you decide to turn into a business it could be and it could work really well but generally it's not as common as the other three so an example of an experience would be putting on a dog show i don't know why all these are dog dog theme but i'm just gonna roll with it putting on a dog show um and then four an information product so an information product is a book or like a course or anything like that and i've noticed a lot of people are starting to like sell books and courses a lot more Uh, like for example how to take care of a dog a five hour course (laughs) or something i don't know but those are the four different types of businesses so determine which of those categories your business will fit into mine is a service i do pet sitting and dog walking that is a service i supply but um once you determine oh hang on the recording thing it just went wonky okay we're, we're still good we're still going i just want to make sure i don't like have to re-record that would suck um all right so next step determine the features and the benefits of your business so if you haven't heard features and benefits features are like the actions kind of and the benefits are what the features cause or what you get out of them so we'll take it starting very base level for example 
uh, if you're selling a lawnmower, the lawnmower has blades that rotate three times faster than the average lawnmower or something. The benefit of that would be that lawns are mowed faster, allowing your customer to spend less time mowing. And the benefit is really what sells the product. Like, it's really cool to say, oh, these blades are so speedy. But like what people want out of the speed is the less time spent mowing. So focus on narrowing down benefits and features. Like, for example, I stay overnight in my client's house. That would be, I think, a feature. A benefit of that would be you don't have to worry what your dogs are doing at night and you can know that they are with someone is in the house with them. And you might word that differently. I'm coming up with some of this on the fly. So I don't, I'm not really preparing the benefit part a super lot, but determine like features and benefits that your business has. The next thing I would say is determine and decide your USP. So a USP in the business world is it called a unique stands for a unique selling proposition or what will make your business stand out from the other businesses in your area. And it does not have to be something incredibly crazy. Like mine is pretty simple. I just board I offer boarding at my house and that's not something a lot of pet sitters do like boarding houses offer that but I offer a more personalized type of boarding for dogs and that's not like crazy out there it could be like having good customer service and having a reputation for that but determine what will make your business stand out from your competition and that kind of brings me to my next point which is research your competition see what other businesses are doing and what they're pricing how they're marketing and see, I don't know if you can tell if it's working, but maybe if you have someone you know that has purchased or tried a service from a company that is in the same industry as you're trying to start your business in, ask them what their experience with that business was. And that's a great place to start seeing what there is room for and maybe what your USP could be. And that can help inform you on what you need to do to stand out from those comp competitors I have a hard time with words today competitors so the next thing is naming your business and some of you may be wondering why I didn't mention that first but I actually think that naming is after all of this because you've kind of decided what your business will be about already what it will kind of offer and what differentiates it from other businesses so the qualities of good names, I would say, if I had to pick a couple, are alliteration. So alliteration is like words that are start with the same thing, like cool cucumbers. <laughs> I hope no one names their business that. Like cool cucumbers, cute cats, blue belugas, <laughs> I don't know, something. And and so they're words that are kind of sound well together. And the reason that you want an alliteration is because you want people to remember your business's name. And an alliteration allows you to do that better. Like my previous business name before I changed it was Pampered Pets. It, pet sitting, it's changed now. But an alliteration serves really well to help stick that mind into customers or stick that name into customers' minds. See, I'm confusing myself. Next is, um, it should evoke some sort of feeling or it can. It's good if it does. Like use a 
Oh, what is it called? I'm going to mess it up. An adjective. Yes, an adjective. <laughs> that escaped me. Use an adjective like my new business name, Happy Paws Pet Sitting. Happy describes the feelings of the pets and the owners. So just create, use a positive word to create a good, like if you're incorporating an adjective, use an adjective that evokes good feelings. You wouldn't want to say like sad soup or something. <laughs> if you're selling soup, that wouldn't work well. Next is make sure your name is pronounceable. One thing I do not like is unpronounceable business names. Like if someone uses their last name and it's a really confusing name, like a German last name. I'm not going to say that because well, I don't use my name in my business. But some names are hard and confusing to pronounce. And you don't want people to always be like struggling to pronounce your business name. So use something that is not that is pronounceable and not confusing and also to keep one thing to keep in mind is if you do plan on like selling your business or you're trying to like if you're going away to college and you're not going to still be in the same town it's best not to use your own name in the business so that way it's your business doesn't become associated with that name and if you do decide to sell it or give it to one of your siblings like I'm doing then people aren't surprised when you're not aren't as surprised when you're not as associated with the business anymore and oh that brings me back to last names so a confused buyer this is a great principle that I've my business coach has taught me and I will always always remember this but a confused buyer is not a buyer and I'll say that again for everybody in the back a confused buyer is not a buyer so if your customer is an any way confused by your name, your marketing, what your business is about, the chance of them investing their hard-earned money into your business, product, service, experience, whatever it is, plummets very, very low when they're confused. So do your best to make what your business is about, what it offers, and what, yeah, what your business as a whole is as clear and concise and easy to understand as possible. And that will give you a very high chance of making a sale if your customer is in need of that product, service, information product, or experience. Okay, now that we got that, I need to take a breath. I don't have my water with me, but now that we got that out of the way, next is defining your target market. So, who are you selling to? A target market is the group of people you're selling to because believe it or not, you are not selling to everyone, nor would you be very successful if you did unless you have a massive amount of following, branding, like Coca-Cola. They're probably, and even then, they're not selling to everybody. But the riches are in the niches. You're not trying to sell to every person in your town. You want to sell to the people who need it. And some questions that can help you decide who your target market is are, what are some of the problems they face? Like I know in my business, the problems my clients face is they're older, which is the next question. What is the general age range of your target market. I know my clients are generally older. They're maybe not as mobile for my dog walking clients. It's different based on pet sitting, but they need someone that can walk their dog for them. And 
So since I know that, I'm not trying to market to a super fit person who has the ability to run their dog every day. So knowing that about your customers can save you a lot of time in marketing, which we'll get to next. But also come up with the wealth demographic. If you did decide that you wanted to sell t-shirts or something, how you price them and how you brand your company will affect who you are selling to. So if you're selling a $5 t-shirt, you're going to want to you're probably going to be able to market it to a lower demographic that wants like a cheap, nice looking t-shirt or something, as opposed to Louis Vuitton, who's selling $800 t-shirts to really wealthy people. So knowing your target market helps you in branding and marketing. Yeah, I just said the same thing again, but differently. (laughs) Next, so the things you want to define with target market, age, wealth, and problems they face. And not everyone that is a client or customer has to fall within this, but when you know who you're selling to, you can address those problems they have and speak to them more specifically than if you were just trying to be broad and talk to everyone. Okay, next, marketing. And I am like, I like this part. Marketing is one of my favorite things. But the two types of advertising, I'm going to keep it simple, but the two types of advertising are print advertising, which is flyers, excuse me, ads in the paper, mail, just basically any like paper material. Next is digital advertising. Social meet, which is social media, like websites, online listings, anything uh, online, funnels, if you're going to get geeky, but stuff like that. And the, they're both really good and they can both be used to your advantage. But, <clears throat> excuse me, this goes back to target market. Since my clients are older, a lot of them are not using social media. So it would be kind of stupid for me to rely on Instagram to try and get them. Instead, a lot more of them are reading the newspaper. So that I would have a much higher chance of connecting with that demographic by putting an ad in the newspaper than by posting a post to Instagram. And you can flip it and say, if you're selling, I don't know, pop sockets or something, you're going to have a much higher chance of selling them if you post them on Instagram or Facebook than if you put a flyer on your grocery store cork board or whatever for them. So think about target market when considering marketing because market is really all about getting the right message to the right people using the right media. So message market media, that's something I've learned from Magnetic Marketing, which is kind of a a company that I've worked with in the past. But message to market to media is something you need to remember so having the right message if you're not using the right media is useless if i have this great business that caters to helping old people walk their dogs but i use instagram i'm not going to get to it so understanding that is incredibly incredibly important and that's why i continue to stress it but um all of despite being kind of different like obviously Instagram social digital advertising is different than print advertising all of them use kind of a similar 
a similar step-by-step way to advertise and grab people's attention. And I am going to walk you guys through this. So this is about creating good copy and copy is marketing material that encourages or pushes people to buy. So the first thing, uh, and you can use this in a, this is generally a flyer format I use, but you can use this in, on your website. I would actually highly recommend it. Or an Instagram post and Facebook posts are a little different because you only get so much room on the feed line that people can see. But this is for most digital and print advertising. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule and unique ways to do things. But you're going to start by having an attention-grabbing headline. This can be a statistic, a question, something that gets people's attention and makes them want to read it. Here's a, like an example. Did you know that 75% of drivers that get in a crash... Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Did you know that 25% of drivers that get in a cr- crash... It could have been prevented or something like that. I don't know. Something attention grabbing. Or where does your pet stay while you're away? Something catchy that like grabs your eye. That's something I've used. This heading, I've used it in my business before. Two, you need an informative subheading that defines what your business is. So for example, I'm actually going to pull up my business is like flyer thing so one of the things i say hang on let me find it hang with me hang with me we are looking maybe not you guys might not be getting it hang on here it comes actually just kidding you do get to see it My subheading is reliable and responsible pet sitting. We treat your pets like family. That very quickly defines and tells you what my business is about, what it does, how you're going to be treated. Pretty simple. It does not need to be crazy, nor should it be. I don't, one thing you're going to find out, I don't encourage crazy out of the box things. Like there's a time and a place for that, but if you're trying to make money and start a business quickly this isn't the place for it if I'm being honest I'm not trying to I don't know I don't want to just give you guys a bunch of useless information so next is the benefits and I would really encourage you to have three benefits from your business so go out pick out a feature look for the bet define the benefit for it put three of those right after bullet point them doesn't need to be too fancy stick them on there and call it a day next is what exactly your business offers so like a list of services for example i would say dog walking pet sitting in how over i would say overnight pet sitting um boarding yeah so just a list of services if you have a lawn service business right raking lawn mowing landscaping weed picking whatever you do for it write the list of services next is have social proof and social proof is a testimonial a review saying you've been on this website or featured somewhere 
anything that can show that someone likes your business. For example, on mine, I have this review. Recommend enthusiastically, reliable, meticulous, and compassionate. And then I have the name of the person who wrote that review for me. And if you are confused on how to get a review, if maybe offer your service to like a family member or like a friend and ask them to honestly, if they enjoyed your service, ask them to say what they think of it and to put it into review format and say like, what are the top two adjectives that stood out about my service? Something like that. That way you can get a review that is specific. Next, a call to action. So a call to action is something that encourages the person you're marketing to to call you. So for example, I have call today for a free consultation and then I have summer special 20% off. So I have I actually have two on mine because I'm a big believer in calls to action and if I can use the word free in copy I'm sure as heck gonna get it in because people like free stuff I know I like free stuff and seeing that word yeah does something it's important but so have like a service or not service and excuse me an offer that will get people to buy into it and to contact you like a discount that's probably my top thing a discount or um during the summer everyone gets a free knitted coaster or something if you're selling (laughs) coasters I don't know what it is with me and knitting today but we're on a roll next after that you need your contact info you would be surprised by how many flyers I have seen where people do not have the contact info like their number like it's you can tell they worked really hard designing the flyer making it all look cute and nice but if you don't have a number how the heck am I going to get a hold of you? So you better have anybody who listens to this podcast, you better put your number and your contact info somewhere on your advertising, somewhere big, somewhere where people can see it. Like I said before, a confused buyer is not a buyer. So make sure big, visible, clearly defined, easy. And yeah, that's that's the basics for a flyer. And if you use these things, it's gonna work trust me I've done enough the wrong way and the right way to know but now that we've kind of gotten the basics out of the way that kind of stuff I'm just gonna finish by giving you some tips and some important things to remember when starting a business so the number one thing is and this is gonna sound cheesy and cliche but have fun I mean we're young we probably don't need our businesses to support ourselves we hopefully have families but if this business fails and it won't if you do what I told you but (laughs) but if it fails or doesn't work out like you're probably going to still be alive and well and this you are we're kids well I'm not anymore I guess but this is a time to have fun and enjoy what we're doing so don't make it all all just super serious but do do be pretty serious (laughs) next is customer service is very important and that's one of the biggest tips that i have learned is if you treat your customers well people will hear about it if you don't they will also hear about it and luckily i've only i've i've treated my customers pretty well i think but i make 
a strong emphasis to always treat each customer very respectfully and I have a code of conduct that I hold for myself and any people that I hire to be pet sitters with me. And that is very important because it gives your business a reputation of being a place that cares about their customer and the money that they're spending on your business. Because you have to remember that people are spending their money that they've worked hard for, that they've earned, they're choosing to spend it on you. And you have to treat that with the respect that it deserves. And good news travels fast. Like (laughs) I've had so many clients that come to me and say, oh, my neighbor told me how great you were. And so I thought that I would give you a call. And so if you treat people with respect, when they know of someone that needs your service, they're more likely to give it that you, that person, your number or your information. And that has been how I've gotten the majority of my clients through customer service and people telling other people that they liked how good of a job I did. And I hope that that's something that you all can gain experience in and have people be referred to you for that reason. Next is be organized. And I did not, I did not start off on the right foot with this one, but I didn't, I actually didn't write my customers' addresses down. Like I'd write them down, but then I'd like lose the paper after I finished a job or like not keep it organized. And that really came back to bite me in the butt because after I like had to contact all of them, ask for their addresses, some of them didn't respond. So I kind of lost an opportunity to maybe connect or send more advertising or something. But make sure you write down the information, like your clients' names, numbers, addresses, if it's applicable, applicable things and keep it organized. My number one tip for you, or not number one, one of my tips for you. I have many. Number two is it takes time. And this is something a lot of people forget. Like it doesn't take a whole bunch of time, but it does take time. I've been in this business for four years. And just now when I'm about to leave, I've gotten the most clients I've ever gotten. But it's important to remember you're not going to be successful overnight. Like it takes time to build up a reputation, to have people come to you and to trust you and for your business to grow if that's truly something you are trying to get out of it. Like it's pretty easy to get like a one and done job, but it's a lot harder to get a business that will continue to grow and support you. Next, and that kind of goes back to that tip, is tell as many people about your business as you can. Especially for me, that is something I've struggled with because I'm not necessarily the most outgoing person in the world. But when I started my business, I did have like business cards and I would give them like if someone mentioned they needed a pet sitter or were like interested in it or even if they didn't, I would say like, I started this business. If you ever need a pet sitter, here's my card. And that was something that was very hard for me to get out of my comfort zone and do. But I did get a good percentage of clients through that. And there will be people that tell you no. So if you're in business, you really need to get used to hearing the word no And if someone says no, you need to respect that. But don't be afraid of people saying no, because there's always going to be someone that hopefully says yes. And that yes is worth, let me tell you, all of those no's. And my last tip or my last thing is good luck. Like if you're starting a business, good luck. I wish you the very best and I wish that you have a very successful business. And if you use any of these tips or any of this stuff, I'd be so happy if you let me know. But that concludes the business portion. 34 minutes, dang, this is gonna be a long one. 
now we'll get into the college portion. So as far as college is going, uh, <laughs> I'm not not the most prepared person. I feel actually very chill about it. Like I haven't been stressing out as much as I thought. And I think that that is like one of my tips. If you're going to college, probably don't stress out about it. I mean, I haven't seen how the process is going to be. So maybe I'll be stressing out when I'm moving. But you don't need extra stress in your life as you're getting ready to go away. So just kind of keep it simple. I've started to pack some of my clothes. Deciding on dresses was very, very hard for me. But I have decided with some help. (laughs) But I've decided what I'm going to take for some of my clothes. And then I'm working on kind of packing up the rest and deciding what else I'm going to bring. And I've made a list. That is another tip. So make a list. And like anytime you think, oh, I need this, just go to your list and write it down. So that way you have it all right there. You can like check it off, go through it, look at it and see. Other than that, I really don't have any tips. As I like get moved and kind of farther along in the process I'll update you guys like once I'm fully moved I'll say this is what I would do this is what I wouldn't do but as of right now we're just going with the flow pretty chill and enjoying life yeah this has been a very very good past month for me and I hope it's been good for all of you and for all of you starting school good luck I'm sure that you will have a lot of fun and That's it. I actually forgot to do a Bible verse for this episode, so I'm very sorry. I'm just going to look... No. I don't know. I feel like I usually take more time to do the verse. I'm not going to look one up. But thank you all, and I will see you all next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wednesdays with Winnie. I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on just to let me know how I'm doing. Anyways, God bless and see you next Wednesday.